This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Claire Moore, who is the founder of the Good Life Farm Co. and also the Agri Futures of Victorian Rural Woman of the Year. G'day, Claire. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. Um, so how do you get to be the Rural Woman of the Year for Agri Futures? What's that about? Uh, it is you actually apply yeah. uh, to, to become uh, uh, the Rural Woman of the Year. You pick a project that's important to you and important to regional communities, uh, regional businesses or agriculture. Right. And, and what was your project? So my project was to create and breed genetically diverse queen bees for the commercial bee industry. Oh, right. So uh, so just to be clear, your, your business or your farm, the Good Life Farm Co., yes. um, does eggs, honey and a bit of pasta. Uh, correct, and uh, queen breeding. And so, queen breeding. So yes. tell us about the project and breeding queen bees. What's involved in that? Well, it, it, to be honest, there's three different job roles within the beekeeping industry. So there are beekeepers that beekeep for honey. Yep. There are beekeepers that go to pollination and go to all of our 53 main bee-pollinated co- crops and make sure, ensure they're pollinated. And there are beekeepers that actively breed queen bees so that we can requeen our hives to be productive with a high yield and a good temperament. Right. Because you started in uh, with honey. Well, you started with bees, right? I did. In 2007, I, I bought, my best, bought my first beehive, uh, bought it home to our rental in Preston at the time, and I was an inner city beekeeper, and I got the bug. I was completely obsessed with bees, so much so that we actually bought a farm in Kyneton, uh, because between Kyneton and Eaglehawk um, in Bendigo is where the majority of commercial beekeepers are in Kite, uh, in Victoria. So we ac- I actually moved to where the bees are, and uh, we bought land there and started farming. Started farming bees? or Yes, uh, yeah. bees and chickens. Uh, it's all about the birds and the bees where we are. Right. <laughs> and, and did you start off that business uh, breeding queens or just do it for honey? I was actually beekeeping for honey recreationally and I was working in stockbroking. I worked for 12 years stock- on the trading room floor for different stockbroking firms. Oh, right. Yeah, I was this weird mix of a beekeeping stockbroker and uh, I used to always bug the mailroom by having my queen bees sent to the mailroom and that'd open, open up packages and there'd be a live queen bee in it. That's sort of, so can you please stop sending them? Um, you got so queen bees in the mail. Australia Post is the largest mover of queen bees. Yeah, you actually put them in little little cages with with other workers. So you find your queen bee, you get workers from another hive, put them in with the queen, put a sugar plug in the in, in it, and then you compost it anywhere in Australia or actually the world. A sugar plug. They eat the sugar. Yes, they eat their way out. So you put the queen into the new queenless hive, and the bees will eat from one end, and the queen and its workers will eat from the other. And by then, they would have got used to the queen's pheromones and accept her. Goodness. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we post bees all over the world. So, um, uh, what's involved in breeding queen bees? How do you go? How do you do that? So, you uh, fourteen days before you want to breed a queen bee, you actually start stacking drones or male bees and breeding them in the area that you want to, your bee to mate in. So the, the the male bees. The male bees. Yes. So it's quite a process. You start breeding the male bees, then you actually take a piece of honeycomb with an egg that is less than 24 hours old, that's in the royal jelly, and you graft it out of the honeycomb and graft that into a queen cell. And then you put that into a hive which you've made queenless so the bees, they don't have the pheromone of a queen anymore. They'll actively start converting that egg by feeding it royal jelly into a queen bee. 
and you know the day that queen bee is going to hatch. So you take the queen bee that's ready to be born out of the hive and put it into a nucleus hive that also doesn't have a queen in it. She'll be born, she'll fly out, she'll take her mating flight and come back to that nucleus hive, fingers crossed, doesn't always work out that she comes back, sometimes she dies when she's out mating, and then you have a mated queen bee which is then marketable and you can export it to the world. You can, or you so can you sell can, it anywhere in Australia. You can only sell a queen bee once she's been mated. You could sell a virgin, but mostly you want mated queen bees. It would be very rare to do that, I suppose. But also, What does it mean to be... What do you mean it's mated? You mean that it's been impregnated already? Correct, right. yes. So she'll fly out and then she'll meet the drones um, and then she'll mate somewhere... All the research is changing all the time, but they'll say anywhere between about three and 30 males in that one flight. She'll collect all the semen... She's that busy. She's very busy, yeah. She'll collect all the semen that she needs for her laying life. She'll take it back. She'll mix Oh, so she gets all the semen she needs for the whole life. Yes. In right. that one mating flight. Wow. Then she'll bring it back and she mixes it inside her body and expels what she doesn't need, and then she uses that to lay for the rest of her laying life. And so the... Um uh, an, an egg can be converted into a queen bee. Yes, it can. Within a, with a, early enough, it can be converted into a queen bee. And the queen actually has the choice whether to be able to create a male or a female. She can d- determine whether to fertilise it or not and create a worker bee, a female, or to be able to lay the egg direct and that will become a drone, a male. And do queen, do queen bees run the hive? Yes, they do. They have pheromones and they spread that pheromone out to the rest of the hive. And as long as the queen's spreading that pheromone out, all is well in the world. But if the pheromone isn't there, then the bees will actively start taking those eggs that are less than 24 hours old and converting them into a queen. Oh, I see. So that's how you ensure that you get a queen bee is by going to a hive or putting the egg in a hive that's got no queen pheromones in that's it. That's correct, And yes. the drones all say, we have to have a queen. Yes, so we're going to make one. That's right. Huh. Yes. So I'm at that stage now, but I want to push it further and learn how to artificially inseminate honeybees. Oh, right. Do we, are we doing that now? Yes, we've been doing it since, about, I think, the 1960s. Oh. Yes. Um, so <laughs> do you make much <laughs> with, money from... With very little instruments, yeah. Do you make much money from selling queen bees? I'm about to find out, but yes, it is quite lucrative. And if you do have good genetics, a good queen bee can sell up to $1,500 for one bee. What makes it? What do you? What's? How do you know it's a good queen bee? What makes a good queen bee? Genetics. So you actually breed into your bees the genetic traits that you want. Right. So you want them to have. If it's for the commercial industry, you want them to have a high yield of honey. Mm-hmm. You would like them to be good pollinators. You would like them to be docile and easy to work, so that it's you know pleasant to work with them. And there's uh, other other traits that we look for now in the in the. But industry. aren't they the traits of the drones that you want? Well, the queen determines the determines all of this in a hive. Right. The queen determines what your hive is like. That's yep. why breeding the queen bee is so important. Right. But we, we also know, because Australia is the only country in the world that does not have the varroa mite. It's a parasitic mite that yes. attaches to the bee and feeds on its fat stores. It's actually arrived on our shores twice, but we have world-class biosecurity and both times we've stopped it at the ports. But we know that if we can prepare our queens and have more hygienic queens, that's actually, they keep a cleaner hive, yeah. um, then we know that those bees will actually cope better to, um, to pests and diseases and potentially varroa when it does arrive. Because varroa is, um, is decimating some of the bee populations, is it not? Yes, very mm. much so. And at the moment, we don't have enough bees for pollination. We're short. 
very short. Globally or Australia? Australia. So, for example, Victoria holds 68% of Australia's almonds. The almond industry has predicted how many hives they will need to be able to pollinate the almonds going forward. Right. Um, we are 110,000 hives short for the 2025 target. Sounds already. like a business opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> very much so, which is why we're looking at setting up a, a, an educational... Um, but that means you need 110,000 queens. Yes. Huh. Correct. And the, but the, Times $1,500. Yeah. Well, $1,500 <laughs> is a very, very, um, very expensive bee, but it's usually around the um, between $20 and $40 mark for a queen bee. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. For yeah. A, okay. That's especially on large garden, scale. Yeah. yeah the, garden, correct. Garden <laughs> Your garden queen variety bee. queen bee, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, that, that's, just, that's just the almonds. There are another 52 main bee pollinated crops that are also short at the moment. Right. And we just don't have enough hives to go around. And this is pre-varroa. So the varroa mite hasn't even arrived yet. And we don't have enough bees to be able to pollinate our crops. Right. Okay. Well, we better get on the, we better get on the bike. I know. I better, I better start breeding more. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or better. start breeding. It's the very start of my We project. haven't even got on to you, the rest of your business, which is uh, eggs. Correct. Yes. Chooks. You yes. got you got 1200 chooks. That's correct. Yes. And I love the fact that you um <laughs> you tow their their hen house around the field. That's right. It's so on, they don't have to walk too far. It's on skids. Yeah, we ski, it's on skids. We ski them around the paddock, except for, except for the winter when they get a little bogged in. It's quite difficult to pull. Yeah, them so out. they're actually free range. I mean, I've seen pictures of. I, I watched the video. Oh, did you? I did. Oh, and oh. Uh, and they're they're free range, all right. The, our, our coops don't have doors. They just they can sleep outside with the maremmas if they like. I think pastures is actually, in my view, one higher, one level higher, and one welfare standard higher than free range. So the free-range classifications can still be very large sheds with doors that open, um, but they do get locked in and they do and, and for periods of time. But our chickens is free to go wherever they want, whenever right. they want. But you don't sell your eggs in shops, is that correct? Or you we do? sell in a some, few shops, but shops. but mainly we we determined very on very early on that if we were going to make it as a, a farm as small as we we are, we will have to look at alternative economies to be able to sell. So selling at farmers markets through the Victorian Farmers Market Association, we've we we do. Um, four to five markets a month, which is fabulous. Uh, we're also looking at setting up a buyers group to be able to drop to certain hubs and people will uh, subscribe to buying our eggs for a three, six or 12-month period and then go pick up from the central hubs. Um, and so far, the demand for that's been very strong. So, right. yeah. Although I must admit, the drought is affecting us quite a bit at the moment. Our feed costs have gone through the roof, right. but egg prices haven't followed. There's a cap on what people are. So you're to unable pay. to pass on the extra cost. Is that what you're saying? Yes, very huh. much so. So yeah. our feed costs have have gone up 100 percent. Jeez. Yes. And there was no, there wasn't a Victorian harvest to speak of, so we've had to go to South Australia so, and oh, Western I, Australia to get grain. Well, I take it you're having to supplement the pasture with extra feed that you're buying in. That's right. Yeah. So only uh, pasture chickens can only eat about thirty percent of their uh, only thirty percent of their diet can be grass. They do need other supplements to be right. able to keep them going. So do you make more money from bees or chooks? At this moment, at the moment, chooks, but hopefully in the future, bees. <laughs> the future being queen bees. Yes, yeah, that's right. correct. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. It's been marvellous talking to you. Thanks a lot for coming in. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I've been talking to Claire Moore, who is the founder of the Good Life Farm Co. and found, and also the uh, AgriFutures Victorian Rural Woman of the Year.